Welcome to this episode of The Wolf and the Shepherd. Today we're going to be talking about simulation theory. I have absolutely no idea what simulation theory is all about, so once again, the wolf has decided to throw me a nice little curveball and say, hey, let's talk about something that you absolutely have no clue as to what it is. So we're all going to get an education here about what simulation theory is all about. For those of you who tuned in hoping to listen about Muse's last album and documentary, I'm sorry to disappoint you. This is actually about simulation theory in terms of the science behind it. Um. For those for those of you who are very unfamiliar with the entire concept, yeah, including myself, yeah, yes. you'll actually be surprised to find that this has been presented to you in movies and writings, and you will actually have a basic understanding of the concept. It's just I think the title "Simulation Theory" probably throws the people off, through a few people off. No, yeah, well, I mean, I think simulation theory. I think okay, well. I'm playing Microsoft Flight Simulator, and in theory, I'm a pilot, so I'm flying my little airplane around playing my video game. That that's it. that's what simulation theory throws at me. Now, when when you used to play Flight Simulator, after after a while, you get pretty bored with it. So what I would do, I would try and get as high as I could in the sky, and then crash at the ground as fast as I could, and try well, and break the record. Yeah, the 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 flight simulator I used to play was back on my really old computer, right, and I think it was actually Chuck Yeager's flight simulator, something like that. And one of the airplanes was the SR-71, and you could get in that airplane and actually go into space. And that's pretty much all I did. I would fly up into space in the SR-71, and then I'd fly around for a minute, I'd get bored, and then, yes, just like you said, I'd see how fast I could get that airplane to crash right into the ground. And that ends this podcast on simulation theory. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope you join us for the next one. Yeah, we we, we just solved all your questions about yeah. simulation yeah. theory, like yeah. we always do. <laughs> well, basically, simulation theory, it's a proposal that our perceived reality, including the Earth and the whole of the universe... Um, it could be an artificial simulation that we're oh. absolutely unaware of. So, like a video game? Yeah, kind of, but you have to like think... Like a computer video game. Well... You know, not not like Super Mario Brothers, but maybe uh, something a little more advanced. Like, I, I think... I, I hear the word simulation. I think of the old game SimCity. Right. You know, you, you're this almost god figure that's creating this city, and you can either try to play the game you want you know, based off their rules, or you build this city and then you just create all these natural disasters and cause all kinds of chaos and all kinds of stuff like that. Well, again, the great fun in that game was building up a great city, populating it, and then sending, like, earthquakes and floods and fires. Or or what was the old cheat code that, you know, you could (laughs) type in there and get all kinds of money and then go ahead and build your city? (laughs) Right, yeah. You know, we're talking about way back in the day with some of those games. Yeah. Now, some versions of the theory actually rely um, on the development of a simulated reality that technology would be able to actually convince its inhabitants that the simulation was real. It's also known a little bit more um, 
as the matrix theory, they kind of gave it that label so people oh, would understand yeah. kind of along the lines of what it was talking yeah, about. Yeah, it makes sense. It's almost like the Dallas Cowboys. They're in a simulation theory that they're going to win the Super Bowl every year, but then uh, that just doesn't happen. Well, really, that's just like you playing John Madden on the Xbox with one hand while you're watching TV and you're actually controlling the Dallas Cowboys against some 13-year-old kid who's... Uh, fantastic at it that's how the dallas cowboys are really. yeah, that, yeah that's basically yeah. what happens to me if a 13 year old kid plays me on madden <laughs> yeah i'm gonna lose right now it's um, kind of like you playing rocket league right well no not that bad uh, i've got some pretty good stats on rocket oh, league now okay you've been practicing i guess yeah i'm you've still been practicing i'm still in the bronze division on uh. on 3v3 2v2 and 1v1 so i mean it's not going that well but it's you no, know it's not bad that's yeah. a, you're improving you're yeah. improving so nothing wrong with that yeah. it, you gotta improve now, I think the whole problem with having, you know, perhaps simulation theory being presented as the matrix theory is that most people would think, oh, yeah, I get to be a hero like Nero, sorry, like Neo, you know, in the movie, um, or Morpheus, when in reality, I think, you know, most of us would just be naked in a glass coffin floating in our own piss and crap with a tube down our throat. Yeah, probably so. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would do. Yeah, which sometimes doesn't seem like it'd be a bad idea <laughs> well no it, it just kind of all depends right now the simulation theory um before it was actually given that title it um had a long philosophical and scientific history uh which i guess gave a similar underlying thesis that reality is an illusion sure i mean they, there's a lot of things that happen in everyday life right now that you say you know to quote the old queen song bohemian rhapsody is this life or is this just fantasy i yeah. mean sometimes you sit there and you say how can this be real especially in 2020 yeah. and, and to give you my famous quote in the age of covid yeah you know we, we're sitting here saying you know it, it, is this real yeah uh, uh, you, every day you wake up and you say is this really what life is right now because yeah. of what we're going through so I, I could totally see that. Yeah, I mean, it even has its origins in Greek philosophy and uh, more recently, uh, Rene Descartes, the dude who did the meditations on the first principle and the kind of I think, therefore I am right. type thing, existential uh, writer. He mentions For, for it, those trying to Google search it, it's Descartes. Yeah. When you're Descartes. To, yeah, yeah when, you, when you're trying to find it <laughs> on When you're Google. trying to spell it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but actually, the first recorded person to state the basic concept of perception being reality or experience being reality um, was Plato back in 380 BC. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And he, he didn't have flight simulator. He didn't. Although, no. although they did try to confuse me on the internet again by calling it BCE, the, the before oh, the common era, but yeah. I refuse to put that E on the end of no, the BC. No, me too. Not happening. No, not, not happening. happening. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know if you've heard of... Um, I, I would rather go by uh, the Star Wars, you know, before the Battle of Yavin and yeah. after the Battle of Yavin. I mean, why can't we just <laughs> adapt that way of talking about time? Or like have a Star Trek star date of 1.9.7.4.18. Yeah, was the Battle of Yavin, right? So right. <laughs> why can't we just reset the calendar and just say, okay, after the Battle of Yavin, which was 1977, and just go by that calendar. Now, don't the Chinese count backwards? Oh, don't get I don't know what guessing. They, I don't know what they're counting from, but uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of like the, there's a theory that the old Mayans 
had a dyslexic guy and really 2021 is the end of the world and right. not 2012 because right. he yeah. flipped two characters around. So yeah. spoiler alert might happen. Uh, it, so if it's 2021, you're not listening to this because the world's already ended. Well, um, I, actually, I don't know if you, do you remember Plato's allegory of the cave at all? It's been so long, but n- no, uh, not not where I could talk intelligently yeah. about it. I mean, I listened to a podcast. I think it was like Philosophy Bites or something. Okay. Bites spelled B-Y-T-E-S. Uh, oh, listen to us promoting yeah, another podcast yeah, know, that we right? really yeah. don't know anything but it, but about. It, but I mean, it's really interesting because it covers a lot of philosophers, a lot of um, famous philosophical writings, but breaks it down into really easy to understand or easy to uh, to understand type right. things and i remember actually the allegory of the cave and it describes people uh being kept in a cave since childhood and how their reality is basically uh, shaped by silhouettes on the cave wall and the people like shadow are, puppets yeah and the people making the silhouettes um actually convince the people chained up in the cave that it's safer to be in the cave and chained up than it is to be outside of the cave in the real world. Right. And they're able to convince them through these silhouettes and through fake sounds and noises that they're actually better off being in captivity with no freedoms than they are. So backing up a bit, explain to the listeners what an allegory is. Because, I mean, you and I, it, we know what an allegory is, right? But uh, that might be a new word. So what's an allegory? What's an allegoric story? And I've heard that term too. So what's an allegory? It's basically a story which perhaps better represents the point you're trying to get across than you actually giving a real example. It kind of exaggerates some parts of the story to get the point across. It's e- equal to what... A parable, yeah, very, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Jesus, you know, used a lot of parables just to make people understand something which might mm-hmm. not be as cut and dry if you right. really and, dissected and so, that. So, of course, way back in the day, you know, I'm I'm a little kid. I'm going to Sunday school, and they always said a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Mm, so, a, an allegory is kind of one of those, you know, a, a physical story with a metaphysical or a philosophical meaning. Yeah. Would Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. I, I think I asked one of my friends what an allegory was, and he didn't hear me properly, and he thought it was that guy who ran for president who claimed to have invented the internet. No, he did invent the internet. <laughs> Th- thank you, Al Gore, Al Gore for, for inventing the internet so we can <laughs> yeah. do podcasts. If yeah. it wasn't for you, uh, we wouldn't have global warming and we wouldn't have podcasts. Yeah. So thank you, sir. Brilliant. <laughs> now, I'm sure uh, you've seen The Matrix. Most people, I think, have I seen ha- The Matrix. I have seen The Matrix. Right. So, and again, the, there's a good reason why simulation theory is often presented and, and as by, The Matrix theory. Yeah, and, and by the way, just so we're clear, I have seen The Matrix. I saw parts two and three. I've seen The Matrix, the first movie, several times. I've seen parts two and three one time each because didn't care for them. Mm. The first Matrix, great movie. I mean, great special effects. That that was a movie that came out in you know the bullet time that they came out yeah. with. That uh-huh. that was brand new. Yeah, and uh, all of the things that you gather from that movie are just amazing. Parts two and three, sorry, not sorry. 
they sucked. Started getting a bit, little bit yeah. unrealistic in episode two and three, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Episode one, totally believable. Yeah, but episode two and three, not yeah. so believable. Although I did actually like the philosophy um, stuff in. I think the second one, the whole stuff with the Greek philosophy, like uh, yeah, Persephone. But, but and see, all even those right ones. now, you can't even figure out: is, is it from two? Is it from three? Because nobody cared that much. I didn't about like. Those. I didn't really like three. Yeah, I, I, two I, I thought was okay. I can't even tell you what happened in two yeah. or three. I mean, if, if if I was on Final Jeopardy right now and somehow made it to there with my little bit of knowledge that I have, and they asked me a question about Matrix two or three, I'd lose. Yeah, it, you know, if they put up their uh, a Final Jeopardy category, rest in peace, Alex Trebek, by the way. Uh, Final Jeopardy category is the Matrix. I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember the Matrix. I'm gonna bet all my money, and then they're gonna ask me something about two or three. Now I'm gonna lose it. Yeah, but yeah, haven't, that's gonna haven't suck. we proven on every podcast we've done so far where I give you the kind of quiz thing that there's no way you'd be invited on that show anyway? <sighs> Can a man dream? <laughs> well, uh, that. For those of you who it's been a long time since you've seen The Matrix or you're one of those weirdos who hasn't seen The Matrix, The Matrix takes part, um, it's a dystopian future after there's been a man versus machine war, you know, kind of along the lines of the Terminator, except this time around the machines won. And they keep humanity unknowingly trapped inside a simulated reality and they use the humans as like human batteries to actually... Um, support the system and power the system. Sure, and and of course we all know it's fiction because the female hacker in the movie is actually pretty. <laughs> so then we realize, well, this is absolute fiction because you have that, <laughs> and you had the movie Hackers with Angelina Jolie, and she's pretty, which of course is a Hollywood movie, which of course you realize is fiction. And you realize female hackers are not that hot. That that was probably the dividing line between stopping it from being a documentary and making it kind exactly. of exactly. Well, yeah. well, they had to put the Hollywood spin on it. Yeah. So it, it, you know, granted, it's a Hollywood movie, yeah. so that's what they have yeah. to do. I mean, the movie does actually contain a lot of references to religious and philosophical quotes. You know, especially um, I don't know if you can remember the kind of Buddhist type kid when he has the spoon and he says, you know, right. you understand that it's not the spoon that bends, it's you that bends, and all this right. type stuff. That you know, you sh in a way you shape your own reality. That if you can convince yourself of something, then it, you know, kind of becomes your reality. Kind of like you convince yourself that curry is a good dish that people actually like to eat, but nobody really likes mm, it. Most of the world disagrees no, with you. No. Well, some of the world disagrees. With you. Yeah, I disagree it, with you. Well, yeah, but yeah. the the part of the world that disagrees with me is not the important part of the world. Well. The part of the world which agrees with me has a lot of diarrhea. No, it's Canada. <laughs> Canada is the one that actually likes curry. Do it, they? Now, now, no, I think we're getting down to no, another don't. reason why I don't like Canada. Canada doesn't. They don't like curry, I think do they? they do. They're I not... think you can go to Tim Hortons and get curry. Uh, it just would make sense to me. I don't believe you. You should believe me. <laughs> well, anyway, there's, um, I, th I think the Matrix movies, were, especially the first one, it leaves you... I think with the dilemma of whether you'd actually be better off not knowing that you're in the matrix and remaining in there than breaking free of it. Because again, we're not all going to be Neo and Morpheus. Right. We're going to be, like I said, the guy floating in his, his own piss and yeah. poo and, 
Absolutely. You know? That's the way most of us kind of float through life. I mean, we wake up in the morning, you know, the alarm goes off, we wake up in the morning, and of course, before the era of COVID, you know, we all hopped in our cars, we went to our jobs, we did our job, we go home, you know, we watch mindless TV, maybe we read a book, and then we go to sleep and, you know, rinse and repeat. That, yeah. That's what most people do. Yeah. But it's amazing how 20 years later, so much of what we see, read, or experience is controlled. And our reality or perception, it's controlled, you know, more and more by the media, social media, technology, sure. that it's hard to argue really that we're in, not in some basic form of simulation or artificial reality because we no longer set those parameters you, you know you hear about people living off the grid going out into the wilderness to escape you know getting outside right. of the matrix yeah they, they're going to go out there they're going to be like the unabomber and maybe not necessarily sending bombs through the mail but they're going to build themselves a cabin they're going to hunt animals they're going to live like that and I guess that's all fine and well. Is that what the Unabomber did? Did he oh, live yeah. in a cabin and stuff? Yeah, yeah. He, he built himself a cabin, lived up there, and would ride a bicycle to yeah. the public library and, uh. you know, it, read up on stuff. He was a mathematician. You know, he, he was a smart dude, but he was a nutcase. Did he choose a location close to a post office so he could mail his packages? Because that yeah. would be difficult, wouldn't it, if it was like about 12 miles oh, away? Oh, but you got to remember in the United States how many post offices are in the middle of nowhere yeah. that have like three residents and somehow right. the U.S. Postal Service has decided, well, we need a post office here. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, he was close enough where he could ride his bicycle to the post office. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we need to, maybe we need to do one on the Unabomber. Yeah, know. we could uh, do. Or, or Mentalists Who Went Rogue. Yeah. We can call it that title, I think. Yeah. Mentalists Who Went okay, Rogue. let's make a note yeah. of that. Right. And we'll probably never research it, never no. do it. But, uh, right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that goes on to well, our <laughs> theme. <laughs> well, anyway, going back to simulation theory, the other movie which kind of springs to my mind is Inception. Have you seen that movie? You know, we've had this discussion off the air so many times, and it's one of those movies where I know it's a good movie. And, I, you know, I, I love movies. I'm a movie buff. I, I love watching movies. I still have not watched Inception. And I, I don't have an excuse. I, I really don't. I, I've watched maybe the first, like, five minutes of it in seems to me like one of those movies where I got to watch it by myself because I can't watch the movie and in knowing some of the ins and outs of that movie from you know reading articles and talking to you and things like that I can't watch it with my wife because I can't answer a question every 30 seconds right I, I've got to sit there and I've got to absorb that movie and of course you know I got kids. They're going to come in, they're going to say, oh, Dad, look at this Lego thing I built, and I, I've got to focus on that movie, and I just yeah. haven't had the time to just shut the entire world off and enjoy that movie. Yeah, uh-huh. Now, um, I, I've actually seen the movie maybe half a dozen times, I think, along with The Matrix and The Velocipaster and V for Vendetta. Uh, Inception's one of my favorite movies of all yeah. time, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, you throw Star Wars and New Hope in there, and that's my top five movies of all time. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, Velocipaster gets up yeah. there. And Matrix, you know, I, I've watched that. But yeah, Inception, 
fell in that bizarre time in my life. You know, young family just didn't have the opportunity to go to the movies, see that, and then when it came out on DVD, didn't rent it, didn't do any of that stuff, you know, because we're taking care of the kids, all that. And it's it's floating out there as one of those movies where I know I've got to sit down, I know i got to watch this movie. I, I totally know I have to watch this movie, but I, I've got to ostracize everybody around me, shut my telephone off, everything, so I can focus on the movie. And we can't even research a podcast. How am I going to do this? I, I've just got to figure out a way. Yeah, and, no, and I'll figure out a way one of these yeah, days. Now, now, without spoiling it for you and anybody else who hasn't seen the movie, it's basically around creating a world in which dreams are indistinguishable to the real world except that almost everybody except for you is an NPC, which in the gaming world is a non-player character. Right. And it's basically a creation of your brain and that when you're within that dream, although there may be a few clues it's not a dream, if you can almost perfectly create that dream environment and scenario that the person within the dream is incapable of telling the difference between that dream and reality. And so if you can jump into that dream, almost like dream sharing, you can convince that person that something is real or that they need to do something or plant a false memory to try and get them to do something. When they're awake, it actually affects their conscious world. Right. So so how would this fit into a movie like The Truman Show? Well, with The Truman Show, you have to remember that he he believed that his entire life was reality when in fact the whole thing was being orchestrated that was more like a version of the sims playing the sims right. but everybody was a real person but they were all playing a role yeah they were all actors and his and his his whole world was you know kind of artificial you know they implanted that kind of bad memory from his childhood about traveling on the sea you know, and, and right. that's the only way he could actually escape that place where he was at. And so they created that fear that he couldn't get yeah. away from this Did, place he was at. Didn't want to get in the water because, yeah, he's scared of it. So that kind yeah. of trapped him in there. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Now, I think we should actually, you know, just for the sake of saying we covered this topic thoroughly, which I think we already have. So this is really just a bonus. Yeah. This is just a bonus, really. I wanted to get into a little bit of the very, very basic science, as okay. in like the kind of maybe pre-K to kindergarten type level. Okay. So but I've got my, some big so numbers my, in so here. So my level. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, are, are you going to make me guess things? No. Okay, no. Good, this this good. is not one of those topics that's oh. fair to make anybody guess. No. So there's a philosopher named uh, Nick Bostrom. Um, and, well, I say he's a philosopher. He uh, studies a lot of math and physics and everything else. But I think his base trade is kind of philosopher. And he examined the simulation theory using... I guess what he considered might be developments in technology through quantum computing, all this type of stuff. And he concluded that there's a 50% chance that we're actually living in a simulation at the moment. Wow. 50, 50. Well, I, I mean, the actual, actual that's a coin flip. Well, well the actual calculation is 50.22222 to 49.7778 in favor. So it's actually slightly more in favor uh, of us being in a yeah, so, simulation. Uh, you know, I remember a guy years ago that uh, I would always say, well, you know, uh, choose heads or tails. Right. And he would always say, well, what kind of coin are you going to flip? Uh -huh. And I'd say, what difference does that mean? 
here I always say, well, depending on the coin, it's not always 50-50 because mm-hmm. of the way the coins yeah. are made, they actually tend to go heads yeah. or tails depending on the coin. So yeah. typically, you know, just like right now, it, this coin flip kind of airs the side of more than 50%. Yeah. We're living in a simulation. And, that, and, and, actually that, and actually, in terms of coin flipping and 50-50, if you used the kind of common sense that, you know, each flip of the coin is not dependent upon the previous one, you, when you're first given that, I guess, uh, idea when you're small, when you're a kid, you think, okay, then logically, when you toss a head yeah next one should be a tails then it should be head then tails and head then tails when in reality you might have six heads in a row then a couple of tails then one head then four tails they're really because it's not reliant on the previous task that it's even if you have nine heads there's no guarantee the next one's still not going to be a head exactly as a tail but anyway we're kind of getting off the point a little bit there but like i said i mean and we never do that yeah i mean he really did kind of compare it in a way to somebody whether it be a computer or an intelligent being playing a very advanced game of the sims but you know for me whoever threw in 2020 into the sims mix needs a nail gun to the testicles absolutely yeah but it's it's theory like i said it's based on a combination of uh, math physics and philosophy but it relies on you know the advancement of quantum supercomputers to a point where ai becomes indistinguishable you know, from the human brain in terms of the reality, because what a computer might conceive of and actually be able to prove in terms of, okay, physically this could exist, abiding by the laws of physics, that the human brain would be confused by the complexity of that world. I mean, again, going back to Inception, you know, there's certain things which happen in the dreams which are obvious signs that it's not reality. Sure. And the brain, and it's that part where it confuses the brain and then makes you wake up and question whether you are in a dream or start questioning that reality. But, you know, if quantum um, computing could actually simulate an entire universe, it wouldn't have to be, I guess, as detailed as we consider because it could be like the Truman Show where really, you know, the sky is just a computer image. There is no, you know, millions and billions of light years of space. It's just really... 10 feet it's just the projection sure, convinces it, us you know i i think we probably all had that experience where we've walked into you know let's say a grocery store and and there's all these people walking around that you've never seen before you have these random interactions with them like you say an npc non-playable character and all of a sudden you see somebody you know Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, you know, now we've crossed paths. I haven't seen you in a month. I haven't really thought about you that much. Let's catch up for five minutes. But you also think to yourself, I don't think about this person at all. You're not really part of my world. My world is centric to my group of friends, my family, my all of this and whatever happens out there unless there's some catastrophe in your family that I find out about then I feel bad for that but you don't think about that 
This sounds like Very a much. Taylor Swift song where she's trying to convince the South that she's over her ex-boyfriend. Uh, which one is that? I think uh, that's one I think of all like of, I think all of them. Songs. I think all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah except <laughs> Shake It Off. <laughs> shake It Off, Shake It Off. Yeah. That's where it started going downhill. Uh, she should have uh, stayed country. By the way. Should have yeah, stayed country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, rabbit hole. <laughs> rabbit hole alert. Let's not do that. Right. <laughs> but there's, um, there's a long-held theory surrounding that whole thing about dreams you know we were talking about inception that lucid dreaming and a lucidogenic influence dreams and visions where the brain can actually create a conscious reality also aided by the physiological effects those drugs or lucid dreaming might have on you like you genuinely feel warm or cold or can feel right. touch in your dreams because i mean again you know touch even in reality, it's still a bunch of signals sent back to your brain. So if, that br so if your brain is receiving those signals that you've been touched, you can feel that touch even if you haven't been touched. Right, or, or would it be that there are certain things that happen in your life that you thought might be a dream, then you realize the reality, yeah. or on the flip side, some things you've been thinking about so much that you think something actually happened yeah. and it didn't. Well, that's the whole controversy about when they were interviewing, I think, people who said they were survivors of satanic child abuse that they'd had implanted memories, whether it be through hypnosis or whatever, that they were recalling events that didn't actually happen, but they were so convinced that they happened that they would have nightmares and physiological reactions to when they were th when they thought about it or were prompted to tell their story about it and it's the same thing with some ufo abductions that you know is it implanted kind of memory false well, memories it, yeah but it, you can also play kind of those psychological games there there's tons of documentaries and podcasts and everything about people that make uh false uh, what am i looking for uh, confessions, right. false confessions mm -hmm. of crimes. Yeah, they didn't commit a crime, but all of a yeah. sudden they falsely confessed to a crime they didn't commit. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, actually, that, same yeah, thing. that re that reminds me. On the opposite side of that, I think the movie was called The Number Twenty Three, and this guy saw this number everywhere, and it turns out he was actually a killer, but he'd repressed the memories of him committing these crimes. And no. so this was the opposite. Instead of him remembering something which didn't happen, he had forgotten something which did happen. But eventually reality and all these patterns led him to this point where he actually discovered the truth about himself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, totally possible. Yeah. In, in scary at the same time. Yeah. Now our good buddy, Elon Musk. Hey, by the way, uh, the day we're recording this, Elon said he's got the COVID, uh, took four tests, Two were positive, two were negative. Elon saying he's got a moderate case. Uh, yeah. Get well soon, Elon. You know, we like what you're doing. Uh, I know you're sitting there probably trying to figure out whether or not you actually have it. But you know what? Uh, the Wolf and I, we've had it. Uh, we got over it. I thought he was, I thought he was over it. I thought he took something like Dayquil for about four hours and he was well, over no, it. Well, no, was that no, he, he did take the Dayquil. Yeah. Uh, but he did post on Twitter something that you know he does have a moderate case. NASA 
kept him away from the SpaceX launch and all that good stuff. But you know what? Yeah. Uh, if anybody, Elon's going to get over yeah. it, and and we're just wishing yeah. you well. But uh, yes, good buddy Elon Musk. Yeah. Although neither one of us have ever met him, but yeah. you know. We like the dude. Yeah. He's a good dude. We're ready for you on the show when you're ready, Elon. Yeah. Now, what do you know about... Which, his- which will never happen, <laughs> let's be honest, but hey, hey, we hey. can dream. And, we the can same, dream. and the same goes oh, for you too, oh, Joe Rogan. Oh, oh, oh we, can, we can dream just kind of like what we're talking about yeah, here in this yeah, simulation yeah. theory. I mean, what, what if we were sitting here with Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, and then, you know, we're having a big conversation... And Alex Jones pops in with his shirt off and just starts screaming. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we can die happy after that <laughs> one. I don't know about Alex Jones taking his shirt off. I'm not sure I'm going to die very happy if that's one of the last things I've Oh, I would. Yeah. I would. I, I'm a heterosexual male, but <laughs> I, I would not mind Alex Jones just jumping in our studio with Joe Rogan and Elon Musk sitting here and, of course... Joe's eating his mushrooms and smoking weed, and Elon saying, "Yeah, go ahead and give me that." And Alex Jones busts just in screaming and, at everybody. and just yeah. starts screaming yeah. with no shirt on. <laughs> I would say, I'm pretty sure there's nothing else in my life I can accomplish after this. I oh. I think we just hit the highlight. Oh. So oh. now, what do you know about Elon Musk's uh, Neuralink thing? So I, I read a little bit on the internet about it, and it's very interesting. Uh, spoiler alert, I'll never do it, but... Uh, I don't believe you. Uh, oh, believe me. I, I, I would never let him do that to me. But the, the whole pig thing that, that he had going, I mean, it's extremely interesting. I mean, it, there's so much possibility there. Uh I, I think we're getting to the point to where we can, you know, transplant those thoughts, ideas, or whatever into an artificial being that can live on forever. Uh, I think, yeah, and depending on what you believe, of course I don't believe this, but a lot of people believe that Walt Disney, you know, froze his body and, you know, is going to try to be woke up later on. And the whole cryogenics thing is kind of a mess, but I think we're getting closer to the reality of the cryogenics thing that you can actually take that consciousness and plant it into a computer. I, I think they should keep him frozen because his last bunch of movies were crap. Hmm. Well, maybe he's had some time to think about it now. Then. Well, yeah, but but <laughs> it, let's be honest, it, it, Walt Disney wasn't frozen. No. You know, and, and by the or way, that's he? well, that's why they made the movie Frozen. So all the Google searches would be corrected to where Walt Disney Frozen would point to that movie. Uh, so absolutely, people, that's not why they made that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's why it yeah. is. Oh, conspiracy. Just let it go. Let it go, Max. Let it go. Conspiracy theory. Let Conspir- it go. Conspiracy. <laughs> conspiracy theory. That, that, that's why it is. Google it. <laughs> So um, you're not you're not up for having a kind of brain no, machine interface in your no, head. No, no, son. I I would not <laughs> want that to happen. Well, what, one of my big things against it is not what. Well, maybe most people would have this. It's just like when you die, the thing is like make sure your best friend clears your browser history. But one of the one of the things which this uh, Neuralink is supposed to do, it's supposed to enable telepathy. Now, for me, 
that would be a bad idea. I don't want yeah. people knowing what my thoughts oh, are because I'm just a... I'm just going to get arrested. I'm going to get beaten up. Yeah. I'm going to be arrested on yeah. What all, was all types what things. was the Tom Cruise movie where that was the whole thing oh, they were um, trying Minority to, Report. Yeah, they were yeah. trying to solve crimes mm-hmm. before they happen. Yeah. you know because somebody had this thought they were yeah. going to do something. They arrested yeah. him. I'm like, if we enacted that. I've got 30 seconds. Yeah. They'd it, probably it, be correct. I'm in prison. <laughs> they'd, they'd turn up and I'd be like, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> it that's was, fine. It was me in the future. I yeah. was going to do it. You know. Yep. Probably so. Yeah. Yeah. Both of us. But he also claims it will render physical disabilities as, you know, mostly unimportant because, you know, you can do things through this virtual reality where otherwise you wouldn't be able to do them because you're limited you know, well, yeah, but but you look stuff, at but... somebody like Stephen Hawking. Yeah, you know, and and he was supposed to be one of the great minds of physics for years, and you know, he's confined to this wheelchair, and he's got his little computer voice, and then he goes on Big Bang Theory, yeah. and he guest stars on that or whatever, and he's supposed to be this great mind. So yeah, we we totally get rid of the physical part of being able to walk around, and maybe you're in a wheelchair. And then it's like, okay, you can't walk, but you can still communicate. And then you have Stephen Hawking, which just, you know, he was all kind of curled up in that wheelchair, but was still able to do all this stuff. Then if you just have the brain going, then yeah, you don't need the physical body to take you around. You're just plugged in, kind of like the Matrix. Yeah. Yet you're in this pool or soup of goo with a plug in the back of your head transmitting data yeah now did you hear actually and this is allegedly but i heard this from a ricky gervais stand-up actually so if this isn't true then don't blame me i'm just repeating what i've heard that stephen hawking you know he married i think his caregiver his nurse uh, I think that was his. Yeah, that was his you, wife. Well, you, after, yeah, after I, I watched the movie, yeah. but it's been a long time ago. But I, I think I don't. I don't I'm, think I don't think they put this part in, which I'm about oh, to tell you. Well, oh, anyway, okay. apparently after they got married, after a while, she started mistreating him. She'd leave him out in the sun. Um, she'd hit him and stuff. So he'd be like, "Ow, why so do you keep of, hitting me? What yeah. happened to all the sex? Yeah, you know, kind of like kind of went downhill. Yeah, kind of like, yeah, like my daughter with a rabbit." <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to feed you. I'm not going <laughs> to tell my dad that you're out of food. I'm just going to let you starve. Then I'm going to look at you in the cage every night when yeah. I go to bed and wonder why you die all right. of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, well, Elon Musk, he actually said about this uh, Neuralink that it's like a Fitbit in your skull. I think that was his actual quote. Mm. You know, I'd rather it was an iWatch, but I can see where oh, he's going yeah. with it. You know. Well, at least the iWatch is going to tell you what the weather is. Right, yeah. Yeah, the Fitbit's Fitbit, just like, like oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, stop being lazy, yeah. take more steps. Yeah. I'm like, well, wait, if I'm going to be this sentient <laughs> being that I don't have to move around, <laughs> yeah. then why do I need to take steps? Yeah. Just leave me alone. That's all you need, just, something, or yeah, something else in your head nagging at you that you're not yeah, doing the right thing. It, you know, it, it, I already have a wife. <laughs> I, I don't need another one. <laughs> Now, do, do you think we've kind of been willingly heading in the direction of a simulated, sorry, a simulation theory or rather trying to escape this world into a virtual world for years anyway? I mean, oh, you look yeah. at virtual reality, augmented reality, it's all about escaping this world and trying to live in a 
world which is more preferable well, and escape it, all let, the crap. Let's that not goes even on. take it that far. Let's think about social media. Yeah. I mean, you can put this pretend world yeah. on right now in social media. You, you don't post a picture on social media of you you know, going on a bad vacation. Yeah. Well, that's why it's called fake book instead of Facebook yeah. because you live a life which isn't necessarily yeah. Every, everybody reality puts, on there. Puts either the yeah. really good stuff on Facebook or on Instagram and the whole Instagram thing, you know, you, you put the filters on, you make yourself look really great. N nobody says, oh, you know, stuck in traffic again today. Oh, some uh, people do. Yeah. Well, those yeah. people are, are, nobody's following them. They've, <laughs> they've got two followers. And yeah. if it was MySpace, it would be Tom from MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> so that, they'd have a grand total of two people that right. are following them, yeah. right? But it, social media is all about, you know, the best parts of what's going on. Right. So, so you have that kind of first step of this virtual world. Uh, you know, look at me, I'm going on vacation, look at the beach I'm at, let me take 200 pictures of myself and pick the best one to go ahead and post on here. Uh, there's no Polaroid picture, there's no take a picture with a disposable camera and drop that off at a, you know, Walgreens or something like that and wait for the pictures to be developed so I can look through these and post them. You know, it, that's where we're at right now. And so we're about to be at that next step yeah. of what you're starting to describe. Yeah. And, and I think, again, even you take something as simple as TVs, the fact they got larger and larger and cheaper and cheaper and moved up to 4K and now moving to 8K, that again, it's that we want the experience to be so immersive that we escape reality and we're absolutely right. convinced we're in this movie yeah, or in whatever and, and, we're watching and, and we hide ourselves in our own little capsule yeah where we can say well i can experience this stuff just as good sitting right here on my couch than yeah. actually venturing out into the world and seeing it yeah so um do you think overall we've covered as much on simulation theory as most people who want to waste 30 minutes can really uh Take, yeah, or do you think there's actually more to it than we've said? I mean, do you think it's do you think well, there's a more it, nefarious future to simulation theory that as much as we want it as an escape and to live a perfect life, that it will actually lead to more of a dystopia than a utopia if we really get into a... Oh, I, I think we're going to go to a dystopia. It, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast about SimCity. Yeah. Right? You can play that game and you initially start playing the game correctly, you try to play by the rules, then you get bored. Yeah. And I think the the message here is the boredom. Yeah. Right? So if we are in this simulation theory, and God or whoever it is is starting to get bored, maybe that explains what's going on. You know, it, because everything's clicking along just great, and then all of a sudden, whoever's in charge of the simulation theory is like, ah, I'm kind of bored. Let let me throw some curveballs here because yeah. I'm sitting here bored. Everybody in my simulation theory is bored, so let me see how they can react to a pandemic. Let me see how they can react to 
uh, whatever it is. Yeah. And I think that's where we're getting to. Well, a couple of points on that. One, you have to remember that uh, the Xbox Series X has just come out, and along with PlayStation yep. 5, I don't think God's going to be bored for at least another five or six years with some of the great titles which are going to be coming out in 2021. So, so if, if and of course, this is 100% on topic. Does God buy a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox both. Series X? He can have both. Oh, no, but you know what? If, if he had to choose, which one's he going to choose? Well, it depends, I guess, on which exclusive titles are going to be released next year. But oh, he already God. knows which one's in advance, so True, I guess he's but, already chosen one or the other. But you know God's buying an Xbox. Well, God's buying if an I was Xbox. God, I'd buy an Xbox. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's buying an Xbox. <laughs> but... Additionally, this this is also something. Let's put God aside because God is perfect and God is love. But if a human, and that's why he's buying an Xbox. <laughs> but if a human was in charge of this whole simulation theory thing, that's when I'd get worried because then then that's when it would be like Flight Simulator or SimCity or The Sims. Right. Whereas if a machine, if a computer was in charge of it, I'd feel a little bit more at ease because I don't think, unless it had true AI and went, sorry. Uh, well, yeah, true AI and had a, you know, evil intent or a bad sense of humor, the, the computer would actually be sending storms and, you know, plagues and all this type of stuff to disrupt us. Yeah, but you know what? They could get bored too. Well, I don't know. Because they'd also have access to a Xbox Series X simulator on their quantum computer and so they could play against other supercomputers. Yeah, but there's only so much rocket league and goat simulator that they're going to play before they're just saying you know what i'm sick of this let's just hit the power button so that that's our uh wise interpretation of the future is it quantum computers playing goat simulator yeah right and speaking of hitting the power button uh thanks for tuning into this episode of the wolf and the shepherd and we'll catch you on the next one